How much is a pint of milk? I never buy milk. Oh, how much is a pint of almond milk? I don't know. I bought one today and I don't look at the price. Because well, I'm go. an affluent person and I'm, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Sainsbury's and I just bought a thing of almond milk. Do you look at the prices of things? Absolutely not. No, see? So shut up. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm Alan Cumming. I'm Christopher Sweeney. And you're listening to, of course, you know that unless you're dopey, Homo Sapiens. <laughs> Absolutely correct. Season four podcast. Who's our guest today? Jake Shears of the Scissor Sisters. That's right. That's quite hard to say. Jake Shears of the Scissor Sisters. Who actually calls himself Jason. His name's Jason Sellards. Sellards. Like, yes. It's a funny thing. Um, Little uh, ray of sunshine is what I'm going to say. Like a darling. Yeah. Darling boy. Really um, wonderful. And, and, and do you know what? I was The first time I ever met him mm-hmm. uh, was I was on a date with someone. Oh my God, I was on a date with someone and then I changed date during the actual thing. Oh, I've done that. Have you? Yeah. What? Uh, where was this? What country? Uh, UK. Uh-huh. The Scissor Sisters show at... Um, so you went with someone to a sister sister show, and then, and then you were left with somebody else. Someone hit on me, hit on me, who I preferred at the sister sister show, and then I started dating them afterwards. What a what a cheeky scoundrel I am! What a, you're a man with needs. But um, and how did you did you just did you like give the person you brought? Did you just say? I'm going to go off with this person. Or did, what did you say? No, because did I didn't actually. I then I didn't leave with the other person. I just. It's all coming back to me now. So I went with someone on a date. Yeah. And he was a violinist. Uh, And he wanted me to go back to his flat. He was in a violin duo, right? Mm -hmm. He wanted me to go back to his hotel room to stay in his bed with him and his straight friend. But not in a sexual sense. Wait, wait. So (laughs) you're going to have sex with him, but not with a... He was like, oh, well, you can just sleep in my bed, even though we're sharing a room. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. Why are you going to do that? I know. Why I was, would you want that? I don't know. We were like fucking 24. Didn't know. What have we you were. ever done it? Like with, have you ever had sex in, in, in the room with someone and there's somebody else in the room? I don't think I have. I have you? Yeah. And did the other person in the room find out? Well, sometimes. Sometimes. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the, Yes, <laughs> I've done it a few times. Uh, so you didn't do that. You said no. I don't want to go back to your hotel room and sleep with you in a bed next to your straight violinist partner. Mid negotiations, exactly. Enter stage left, and over the over your shoulder, you're like giving it new guy, winking at new, new guy. guy. And what did he? What was he his? was quirk. He was an American. So Ooh, the new um, world. He uh, <laughs> an American comes up to me and goes, "Hello, my name's dot dot dot. Who are you?" And was just really forward with me. And I was like, oh, that's really attractive. Mm-hmm. It sounds a lot simpler than this. Yeah. So off I went. Off I skipped to Bermondsey with him uh, probably a few days later. Still so in touch. That night you didn't do it? No. Uh, so home on your own? I don't think so. God knows. And then so you met Jason that night. Yes, he and well, do you know where I first met Jason? Go on. I first met him in New York City. I can't remember because he used to go out with um, my husband's ex-boyfriend. Right. Yeah. In fact, he went out with this person, Joe, after they split up. Okay. And he was, uh, at that point, uh, a dancer, a go-go boy in Mm. bars in East Village. And just a, you know, lovely, lovely boy. And uh, 
And then he starts to have a starts to write songs and then mm. starts to have a band and and then all of a sudden this is where this thing was taking off and yeah it's so funny but it's not to be it's almost like because it's not to be underestimated what they were doing was kind of incredible at the time you know and like they were bringing back a queerness into Big mainstream yeah. pop that we hadn't we just <clears throat> had lo- lost since Elton and all the rest of it like it's yes. gone and no exactly they were amazing and I think their the tendrils of their effect have been huge like a lot of people even like. The people who worked with, for example, who when I worked with doing music videos with Lily Allen, like a lot of her people were actually Scissor Sisters people. You know, that kind of yes. creativity Absolutely. had long arms. And that's why I think yes. he... And that was what was so amazing that they did have that huge explosion of success because it meant that that creativity and that queerness and uh, was was all was dormant and was now having an out an outlet and fun you know it's just fun it was was really great fun such fun their concerts were so uproarious and cheeky and Jason is this really you say he is a ray of light and he is this you know he's still in that I just love being around him he's always got such positive energy he comes to Club Coming my bar in New York City and sings sometimes and just gets up and has a wee sing song well he's uh, yeah with all these people who've done incredible stuff uh, then in fact they're just incredibly relaxed and charming cool. And, and cool and yeah. you know and no one can embody that kind of impact so uh, we love him and yeah. we're going to hear and from then, him and it's a very lovely chat coming up but first of all mm. it's time for Agony Uncles the first question is from S my friend refuses to be happy for my new relationship. What's going on there, boys? Um, mm. Refuses is an interesting word. Not just isn't, but mm-hmm. refuses. Mm. Well, it's obviously there's some <clears throat> blockage. Yeah. Uh, Have you tried a Gaviscon? <laughs> <laughs> a what? Uh, Gaviscon. I don't know what that is. You know, like um, Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> constipation yeah I never have any problem with I'm regular like that's all that's crazy that's all the vegetables vegan yeah yeah it is me mucks yeah. it up Ugh. rotting carcass inside your body anyway mm-hmm. um, it seems to me that there's something that there's some jealousy or some or something going on I think the interesting word is refuses to be what was it happy for my new relationship What's going on there? Well, I think you need to have a chat. For you should friends should always be happy for you, no matter what's going on in your life, and support. Well, it. unless the person is a fucking nutcase, but it sounds like the fact they're saying they're refusing to be happy for you. It means, means they're not that, a friend. Yeah, I mean it means that there's something. Okay. There's something that needs to be addressed because if, if they were just that they're not happy for you, you think oh well, they don't need to be happy, but they're refusing to be happy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's to me. There's something. If there's some. As you say, a need for emotional Gaviston. Is it like the town in Gaviscon. Texas? Gavis what? Gaviscon. Gaviscon. I get that in the States. I don't know. I've never heard of it. In the state. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i in, in London right now. I am cognizant of these That's true. English methods that, of you know, smoothing the prunes and stuff. Prunes and things. Emotional now. prunes are needed. Now, Next question, please. Okay. Um, <clears throat> my family rely on me for money. What can I do? Stop the direct debit. Stop the what? The direct debit. Well, I mean, what can you do? Earn some money, earn some more money to help them. I don't know. It's a little sketchy with the details there. Well, rely on me. 
So I, I think what they're saying is... You don't want tough to be relied on. Well, I had this with someone I worked with was explaining this about how they were the breadwinner for their wider family. And mm. it was a real stress. And I think that two things spring to mind. I was involved in a discussion about this not that long ago. Uh, along the lines of, look, you, you want to support your family, yeah. right? You want to help them. But at the same time, like, they're not your responsibility. You do have to try and work out where the boundary is. Then, yes. Wouldn't you say? <clears throat> again, sorting out. It's just, again, it's discussion and um, sorting out the rules. Yeah. But, I mean, if, if they rely on you and you... I mean, I guess that's an extra stress. I guess you can just say, let's try and work this out. Let's try and make a system where we, you know. But I mean, I think, I do think there's a thing that you, you I've been in situations where I, um, you know, finan supporting people financially. Right. And it's kind of different now because I don't really, I, I don't, I mean, I don't mind. I mean, I owe you and a I lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, for all these coffees and Pritamongi and <laughs> chocolate cookies, I owe you a fortune. But I, I actually think it's it's only a problem. And also, I think, you know, money is an interesting thing. And it's, it's I'm always fascinated about how people deal with money. Yeah. I have a very, I think, a, a healthy attitude towards money because I like it, but I never assume it's always going to be there. Mm -hmm. And I just, I use it to do the things I like and I to help people and to have a nice time and to do you know, good things, hopefully too, and have a nice life. But if it all were to change, I didn't have as much money as I do now, I would be happy to. Mm. I mean, I really don't. So I think, you know, money is something that can do good things and you can help your family, but also it could go away. And so you have to think, well, how would we cope without that? Yeah, and I think this person needs to work out, so my family rely on me for money, what can I do? you need to work out how much you can afford to help them and mm -hmm. explain that to them. Yeah, it's almost then, like you have to sort of say, here's your allowance. You have to say, this is how much I can yeah. do. It stress me out if I give you more. And uh, and then say, sorry, it's only a tenner and then run off. That's right, yeah. Here's a postal order. Uh, one quick final one. Yeah, why not? Why are transphobes so dedicated to ignorance? George Galloway has outed himself as one. Oh, don't even get me started with George Galloway. I agree. I think... Look. I'm horrified about George Galloway. Do you want to know why? Please. Because a thousand years ago, when he became the Member of Parliament for Hillhead in Glasgow, when he was in the Labour Party, mm -hmm. I and my friend Forbes Masson, were, as a comedy act called Victor and Barry, performed at his victory party. And it just fills me with bile to think that I... Mm. I mean, well, it, I mean, it shouldn't, because he wasn't the, the awful person he is now then. Yeah. He's just... I don't know. I, I mean, I seriously wonder if there's something you know there's some mental illness there because it seems like he's goes out of his way to say the most um incendiary repulsive things and mm. uh, and it's just a, a need for attention in a way that is so alarming to me and mm. i just think oh come on and I, it just it starts to get really I mean, he not just starts he's very dangerous mm -hmm. and i and oh and then i just see him in that awful clip with um lovely Rulalenska when he's being a cat or something. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, I do remember that. Yes, yes, I yes. I think politicians should not be allowed to go on reality shows. Yes, I agree with that. Oh. Big time. My advice would be, uh, <clears throat> Warrior's going to have these people saying terrible things. Just try, try and ignore them and go take yourself to uh, people who are doing good things. For example, someone like Munro Bergdorf, 
trans activist, exactly. British trans, trans activist. She's amazing. And our guest this week, Mr. Jason Sellers slash Mr. Jake Shears. Yes. And also, I would just like to say, what I would say to is, like if I saw George Galloway now, I would say, remember the person you were, remember the values you had, remember what you stood for all those years ago when mm. I performed at your victory party for when you became an MP in Glasgow. What happened? Where are they now? That's mm. the person that you should be, be. And that's what you should say to people who are transphobes and think, say, remember that time you did a decent thing and you were kind mm-hmm. to someone? That's what how you should be to trans people. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't it be good to get George Galloway on the show? Wouldn't it be good to do a season when it was all just awful people <laughs> and we would like smother them with love and, and then oh, give them Lala to cuddle give them Lala and give them a free t-shirt Let's which you can buy at alancoming.com forward slash shop click on a picture of me and uh, you'll save all that ever bright um, nonsense hashtag you know uh, Etsy blah blah so now if you want to listen to <coughs> Jake Shears head to everpress.com forward, <laughs> forward slash here you go here he is I have these nights by myself sometimes when I just like drink and smoke and maybe do some poppers and like listen to like a record from top to bottom and just like dance around with the speaker and just it's like fun. I love it. Like those yeah. ni- I love those nights where I just kind of little spend them alone. Did you have plural of those nights? I never get a night to spend on my own listening to a record all the time and doing poppers. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, put that in the calendar. That's those moments are that's so it's like really important to me. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll just like sit around and like you know like cry to like a pretty album or something. Yeah. you know it's very like. Uh, but my dad, Linda Ronstadt, was the one artist that my father liked. He was the one singer that my dad, you know, um, had an affinity for until she. Uh, spoke out, I think, on a stage in Las Vegas 20 years ago. Her had some liberal views oh, uh, that, oh. you know, my parents were not so into Linda Ronstadt from that right. point on. And saying that, you know, an entertainer should just entertain. Oh. Is, 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 you know, what is there? I'm dropping everything in horror, that statement. <laughs> <laughs> their their viewpoint, which, so which is a, um, you know, uh, a, a, a funny uh, thing with my, I mean, my, my parents are very conservative and they love me very much. And they've always been very supportive of me, but, uh, but yeah, there are people that think that entertainers should just entertain, entertain and keep their mouth shut. Yeah. Do you think that was they to do with do that? It's like you or anyone is in entertainment is filed under escapism and so they come to you for escapism and then they don't want to any kind of confrontation from maybe I think you've got to I think as a entertainer Mm. you have to set the boundaries of where you know what I mean I think Mm. you've got to say I'm I am an entertainer I'm a performer or whatever but I'm also someone who's going to say you know some people do it some people speak out and are vocal about political social issues some don't Mm. and I, my opinion is that as an artist, and if you know, if you look at the role of artist in society, yeah. it's to challenge challenge people, illuminate people. You know, so I feel it's your duty to say, unless you're just going to go boo 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 la la la. Do you know what I mean? Or you know, oh, I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> just All get right. the poppers. Yeah, get the- <laughs> <laughs> or else if you're in like a, if you're in like a, you know, a silly, a fun sitcom that's not great. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
but actually, I think, how can you live in that? Like, it's when people say, oh, I'm not political mm. performance. I think hey, everything you do is political. Mm. The very fact mm. you said that is political. <laughs> the, very, what, the shoes you're wearing are political, yeah. making a political statement. So I just find it, I feel also, it's always that people only ever say, oh, we shouldn't listen to celebrities when the celebrities' views don't agree with theirs, mm. you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, very true, So actually. there's that. I know for me, I think the best thing that I can bring into this world is to, I think I'm meant my purpose in life is to be creative and to make things that 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 move people, that change people's minds, that make mm. people happy. Mm. Um, Do you, slightly related, but not that related. Did you feel that when you were starting out, that what you were doing with your music was transgressive, or were you trying to challenge ideas? Absolutely. You know, we were we were doing we were we were performing. You know, in the clubs in in, in this neighborhood, yeah. and so the stages just kept getting bigger. But there was there was just like a, a you know I, we had a big sort of lack of shame mm -hmm. in what we were doing, and yeah, we got ourselves like to you know, especially in the in the UK, uh, we were just real. <laughs> Real Huge. queer and real faggoty and like yeah. loving it, you know, and like yeah. and you know and people were loving it, you know, yeah. and grandmas were like, oh, grandma, like my 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 biggest fans in the UK are like m moms and nanas, like absolutely, <laughs> they just they love me, and I love them. <laughs> Record companies love that because they always buy a CD. Right? They were the ones that would buy, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they would they would buy the records in Tesco's. Do you know the time when I realized that? Because I knew you, you know, here, and, and then I knew the band had taken off and it was really big in Britain and everything, but I guess you were away for a long time. And I was, this is, you know, years ago, I was over seeing my brother and his wife and kids, and, we, and with my mum, and we went to, we drove to like a chimp reserve or something. And <gasps> oh, yeah, it was fun, in like um, near Southampton. And we were driving along, and your song Tits on the Radio came on. <laughs> and the, the, the kids, you were like, about, seven or eight at the time going you can't get tits on the radio and I was like how do you know that song and they're like it's the sister sisters we love the sister sisters and I was like oh my gosh and then like that that you know album was the biggest album of the year sold three million copies I mean wow. in the UK it's in, that's like a that's large like in, proportion of the population. it was, it was yeah. like in like it was it was in you know a lot of households yeah <laughs> you know? That the CD itself, it yeah. came out before. I mean, we. I remember just, iTunes came out after that record came out. But I, it's, it's so funny because I, you. I, remember. I, I, I feel fortunate <laughs> to have like to 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 have kind of still gotten to exist in a semi-analog analog, yeah. analog world. Because now, I mean, I always think that the music business has completely changed because of streaming. But you don't, as an artist. You don't make as much money anymore, do you, when you're recording? Do you oh my God, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, CD, I, I look at music now as, you know, a really expensive hobby. Mm. <laughs> it's something that like, I love to do, I love to make it, I love to record, I love to perform, mm. and it costs a fucking lot of money. And that's, you know, one of my goals in life is just to you know, have be able to f to fund that, to make yeah. stuff and perform. Because before, when it was CDs and things, you'd pay twenty dollars for a CD, and you'd you'd make money off of a, of a sale. You don't make any money so off like, streaming. I mean, it really is. One, it's it's a real. It's it's 
it, it is a now a completely rigged system uh, against anyone who's yeah. making music. It's very, very, very hard it, to make money off of any kind of streaming. And, you know, Universal has stakes in Spotify. It's, it's all loopholes and it's just, it's all been, it's, it's super sad, but yeah. it's, it's, it's very, very difficult to make money off of recordings. Because one of the things I remember early on, someone said, well, what this will mean now is it will force people to become performance artists. So force people not just to hide in the studio, but because how you earn money is by doing concerts and going around doing tours now. Uh, yeah, but if you're if you're lucky, I mean, it depends on what. I have a big band, so I, by big, I just mean it's me and uh, four other people on stage, and it's it's just that's a you know it's a lot of people, and it's mm. a lot of um, you know as you know you you know you tour with a band, and it just yeah. it, it 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 costs a lot of money. It adds it's, up. It's uh, it adds up, and you know you've you're you're so lucky because you've you've got you've got a you know a real built in. You know, you've got built-in audiences all over the world, and it's awesome. And it's just like it's it must. Yes. You know what I mean? No, it's, it's like true, it's, 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 just, it's wicked. Yeah, you can go all over the place. It's, yes, it's also quite good when I go to places and I think they're coming to see me because oh, it's the cheeky chap off the telly. And then I like, I'm here to talk about immigration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great. I've, I've actually, I've, I remember one time there was <laughs> these two girls when it was in a place like Feinstein's, a small place in New York. I was performing. And there's these two girls were like, you know, really drunk. It sounded like they were on Molly or something. They were just in a room full of kind of sort of rich old white people, actually. And these two girls, and then we start, they were making out at the table and all this going on. And, uh, and, and I was like, you know what, girls? It's so lovely that you feel comfortable enough to make out. But kind of, why don't you make out whilst I'm not singing? You know, why don't you make out over there in the corridor or something like that? Yeah. And eventually they were dropping things off their table and stuff like that. I said, you're, you know, you're, you're, falling, you're falling off your chair. You're falling. He goes, I wasn't. I goes, you were. <laughs> and, and so, I was in, and so the next thing I have, I said, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. I'm going to just, would you just leave now? And all the audience were like, yeah. Really? So also, that's the other thing. If someone's being obstreperous or noisy or something, when you, because all the audience are hearing it and feeling it as well, when you say that's unacceptable behavior because you're affecting other people, mm. the, whole pe the whole place feels emboldened to agree with you. And got it, because you, so, you're yes. setting the tone. Yeah. Right. So you've got to guide people. I saw Pet Cemetery down the street from here and this like college couple were, I mean, I was so excited to see the new Pet Cemetery. let me tell you, I was really <laughs> stoked. And they have those seats that are like, that you sort of lay back in, you know, and you put you your feet up. Uh -huh. And they had brought like a blanket or something with them and uh -oh. they were doing that like <laughs> like a, for a, you know for a while and then it started then i was they were really kind of like melding into each other and then i started hearing this kind of like no Oh, just like wet, just sort of like just it was sticky sound it was I, I was it was it was awful and then I was like I'm never going to the movies again in New York I wanted to just be like go do that in your dorm room yeah like yeah. this is I gross it's the only place they could go <laughs> I, I believe I feel like that was probably yeah. oh, do you think that you know I mean then maybe go see like What's what is Pet Cemetery? Uh -oh. What is Pet Cemetery? Yeah, sorry, I don't know what it is. 
It's what? a movie. Pet Cemetery is the Dracula of our time. That's what I just sort of like realized in this last viewing and this last iteration of it was that uh, I'm a massive horror fan. Right. Um, Stephen King is probably my favorite writer in the English language. Hmm. Um, not that I know any writers outside of the English language. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> the one that says, is, is, I saw the trailer again, the It one, you know, the yeah. funny clown. Yes. That looks so terrifying. To oh, me. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen the first one. I'm not going to see the second one. But I saw the trailer and I nearly pooped my pants. Can you Just handle scary stuff? No. Really? No. Like, I if mean, I took it, if I was like, if I was like, want to see something really scary, like, you wouldn't watch it with me? Even if I was like, this is gonna like, if there was just with me, if I was like, I was, I was like, okay, I'll bring the poppers. <laughs> like, that's different. I mean, Turn the film off. <laughs> um, I mean, I like suspensey things, and I like yes. what I quite like. Actually, years and years ago, my friend Mark he used to have a thing called Check the Back Seat Club, and it was like uh, they would watch horror films, and they would always, you know, because there's always someone in the back seat under the car when you mm. get in the car, and and like that thing of uh, the sort of. I, you know, it's a sort of a postmodern, or what, is that the word, or a knowing thing where someone goes, let's split up, I'll check the basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That I actually really enjoy, because it's like a knowing thing about, yes. about styles that. of filmmaking and, or, or tropes yes. in those films that, that we all just go, please don't do this, come to that bit now. Yeah. You know? But you know, I was friends with one of, my, one of my teachers when I was in junior high and she would come to my house and like, and one day when she was, one night when she was leaving, I said I was going to bed, just talking to my mom and I went out the backyard, went to the fence and I got into the back of her car. Oh <laughs> and hid behind her seat until she started driving down the road <laughs> and I jumped out. Oh, you're and the devil. It's, I mean, it's a miracle. She, I think back and I was like, what was I doing? Like, that's really, da like, you know, she- She could have crashed the car. She could have crashed the car. That was like, <laughs> what did she do? Insane. She screamed and was really scared and then really upset at me. Yeah. <laughs> and then also you're, you're like far away from home now because you're the, not that far. We were just down. I just, I just, I just, did you get her to drop let her back? go down the street? <laughs> but I wanted to ask you more about school and what you were like when you were younger. Yeah. So were you a yeah. kid who did things like that? Yeah. And I was really like into horror and Jaja and uh, I, I, I had a, I, I was, I had a really strange sense of humor, and I was kind of girly, and um, yeah, I was very creative. I mean, I wrote a ton. I thought I was going to be a, a, a novelist when I right. grew up, and I, I wrote uh, fiction until I started writing songs. I think I remember you saying that you, sorry to interrupt, uh, no. that you felt like you could be different. Like there was half you didn't give a shit what people thought, but then you kind of cared what your parents thought. Was that right? I, yes, I cared what my, what my, what my parents thought, definitely. Um, you know, I was always really, I was always definitely like a total mama's boy. Right. Like I was really, like my mother was, you know, my protector in a lot of ways. And my dad being, you know, uh, so kind of far apart from me in age in a certain way, it, you know, once I hit, once I sort of, once I started like turning into a sissy, mm. 
it sort of that relationship kind of broke down until we figured out how to put it back together. Um, you know, when I was kind of well into college. Did you have brothers and sisters? Older, yeah, older, an older brother, two two sisters. Um, but I was basically the I, you know the the youngest and all from the same marriage. No, from two. Right. My my father, my mom is my dad's third wife. Right. Okay. And they've been married for. Uh, a long time, 45 years, something like that. Um, but did you all live in the same house? We did. See, see my mom was uh, about to marry this guy named Bill, mm. um, who flew planes for my dad. My dad uh, basically ran this company with his friends in the, in the Southwest, um, where they got all these World War II bombers and uh, re repurposed them, uh, had a fleet of planes, repurposed them for crop dusting and firefighting. Wow. So he had all these guys that worked for him. They had a whole like airfield out in the desert. um, And when you say Southwest, where where, where is that? What exactly? Southwest? Oh, this is outside of Phoenix. Phoenix, that is. So my dad retired when I was like, you know, six or so and we moved up to the island. But Uh so he had this whole fleet of planes, but my mom was this, you know, she grew up in the Appalachians, North Carolina. She met this guy named Bill who flew for my dad and they were to get married. And my mom came all the way out to Arizona and Bill did a, was doing some, some kind of uh, flight for my dad and was out, had to take a plane up to Alaska or something and was never, his plane disappeared and was, was never seen again. Wow. Uh, plane was never found. Um, and she, and so, and so then, she was in Arizona waiting, to get, waiting to get married to this man and he vanished. Um, wow. And I, I mean, it's just, it's something that I'm just, I'm so kind of fascinated by. And yeah. it's something that like, I really haven't like gone super in depth with my mom about it. It's just strange. It's like, what does that, what does that feel like? And not having any closure. There was no, there was no <clears throat> yeah. funeral for him. There was no memorial. His family was very like, you know, his brother was hell-bent on, you know, knowing that he was alive out there somewhere. They had, like, were in denial about the fact that his plane went down. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was just no closure for it. And then your mom... Got, they gave her a job at the company. Ah. And she was my dad's secretary. <laughs> so strange that, like, <laughs> that And then they got, ran off to Vegas and got married. Really? And, yeah. And they're, I just, it's, they're still in love with each other and it's... Interesting that they would both mourn her ex-boyfriend because they both knew yes. him, right? Yeah. And they both had this loss. Yes. I think it was a hard business to be in uh, for my dad. I think it was, it was very, from what I understand, it was very, very uh, tough because with fire, between the firefighting and the crop dust, I mean, definitely the firefighting. Mm-hmm. I mean, they would lose guys every year. Yeah. Um, and I just think it was a really... It was it was it was tough on everybody. So I think my dad was kind of happy to finally just sort of put 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 an end to that chapter. But and that's when then you moved to Washington. Yeah, yeah. And isn't there there's a because I you there's a funny story about how you met um, Dan Savage. Yes. What, how did that come about? Well, I got I, I I by the time I was like 15 years old, I was like on the island. I had like. You know, I'd gone through my freshman year of high school. I had like shoplifted a Playgirl 
and you know, <laughs> what does shoplift a playgirl mean? I shoplifted a playgirl <laughs> magazine they from an off magazine. island. From oh, like I thought you meant like you'd stolen the person. No, no. <laughs> right, right, right. Just like splinter the mouth with guys in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's like a centerfolds of like yeah. men with erections, you know. And, yeah. And, uh, and so like I, that was just like my jam. Like I love that Playgirl magazine and just like memorized every inch of that. And I was also just like super into music. I was just such a music head, and I loved uh, you know this. Was, we're talking like nineteen. 93, 94, like this was just an awesome era for rock and roll. And mm. we were in the Northwest up in Seattle and I just wanted to get to Seattle. So I, I, I found a way to get to move to Seattle um, where I would call into Dan Savage's radio show uh, and talk to him about how I was going to come out to my parents because I was going to a, I was going to a private school there in Seattle and then I would call him from the payphone from my dorm and and I just found all these tapes too recently which is such a trip. Oh, you was, recorded them? Wow. I would oh. record them. Yeah, and there was I was on I was on all the time. I was a regular on the show. Really? Uh, and did you say you were were you anonymous? Uh, no, I mean I had I had yeah my, I was yeah Jason on Capitol Hill. Right, right. So, and just because lots of people will know who. I couldn't quite hear you. Uh, <laughs> happy to say it again, uh, Siri. I know lots of people do know who Dan Savage is, but just oh. explain what he was at the time. So he had his radio show, right? Well, yeah, Dan Savage was a, uh, a syndicated sex advice columnist and still is a syndicated is, sex yeah. advice columnist. Was a huge uh, and was, a, was one of the head editors of uh, the, a Seattle weekly paper called The Stranger. And is really kind of a, a you know, it was a sort of a, a, a hero of the Northwest in a way. He's very queer, yeah. um, very sex positive, very, you know, very controversial, very political. Mm. He is a, a great person of letters. He's one of the, he's just a fantastic, fantastic writer. Um, and and I, anyways, I, he finally, he told me to, he told me to come out to my parents. We had, had this long discussion over weeks and weeks and weeks. It was spring break and my parents took me to Vegas. Uh, I don't know why we went to Vegas. I don't know what we were doing there. It was just me and my mom and dad, and I was just like, I mean, I was Vegas 16. This is where they got married, right? It's where they got married. We're staying at MGM Grand. I was just like, this sucks. Like, they, cause, you know, I couldn't, it's not like I can drink or gamble, <laughs> you know? And they love this, you know, they were like loving on the slot machines and stuff. But like, I got, I just got itchy. And I, and I remember meeting this, I remember, I have this strange memory of meeting this like handsome boy that was my age that like looked kind of like a duck. <laughs> uh, and Dreams we, do come true. We met in the arcade and we're like hanging out together and like, I don't know if, cause I had been out at school. I'd been out in my personal life. My parents, you know, I, but not to my folks, but like, I feel like I might have kissed this Duck. This young man, uh, I can't remember, but I did go back up to the room before we were going to go see Michael Crawford starring in uh, EFX, a big oh yeah uh, musical show that they had going on at uh, the MGM Grand. Uh, it's a fantastic show. It was really great. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was there. Like, oh. Is it still on? Uh, <laughs> uh, and I, I, I just, I remember being like really kind of like, f f 
I don't know, I was just bored and wanting to just shake up the, shake up the trip. <laughs> and the job, we were on our bomb. way to go see, the, yeah, and we were, my mom and I were doing our hair in the bathroom and I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you were doing your mom's hair. And you no, said, we were doing our. We were do. We were like oh. getting ready to, you know, we were getting ready to to go out, and then we all went. Uh, I mean, my poor parents. But uh, what did you say? What did you say? She said that there was something. She was like, "There's something that she wanted to talk about, or that I." But it wasn't. It wasn't this. And I was, I just was like, is it about, you know, do you want to talk about me being gay or what? <laughs> and what did she say? She froze <laughs> and put her, whatever was in her hands, she put down. Oh, and then she went into <laughs> the, our, you know, hotel room, which is just like, you know, two beds next to each other and sat down on one of the beds and I kept trying to talk to her and my dad was just watching the you know, and he was watching the news and she chased, she just, she was like, your father's trying to watch the news. Like, we're not gonna make it. <laughs> and oh so we God. kept it like under, like it was like simmering while we were watching EFX and then <laughs> dad went up back up to the room and mom and I Rolled the casino and went to the food court. We went to Hagen Dazs, got some ice cream, and then just like had it out. Oh. Like we just had it out down in the casino. What does that mean? Like, <clears throat> oh, she was just, we were just, she was just upset and right. just like, you know, she was angry. She was angry. She was angry. She was, um, my favorite thing from that conversation I'll never forget. And she, you know, she always thinks I'm like throwing under the, throwing her under the bus. <laughs> but she, I mean, she truly is the, the sweetest, most wonderful person. But I remember her <laughs> saying, I'll never have grandchildren. And I was like, mom, I was like, you can, I, I'll have kids. You can have grandchildren. She goes, over my dead body. <laughs> 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 That's fantastic. Oh. Uh, but uh, so it was a tense trip. The rest of the trip was kind of <laughs> kind of tense. But then I got to go back to like I got to go back to school. I was like not living at home, so it was nice that we could. And turn. then you called up Dan and. And then the night I got back, the night I got back, there was, I had been working with like queer youth outreach, uh, you know, safer sex awareness parties and stuff. And, and we would like throw sort of uh, like, you know, queer parties for teenagers and stuff that, that, that I was involved in. And Dan, who was doing drag at the time, was our special celebrity guest that night. And the night I got back from that Vegas trip is the night I met Dan and I, approached him and I said, I'm, I, you know, I'm Jason. I'm the, 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 the person who's been, who's been, who's been, who's been calling the, the radio wow. show. And I just came out to my parents uh, and they're freaking out. And um, yeah, that's how we met. And then, you know, he really became, uh, you know, he and Terry became family to me and uh, Dan was just very up, got really kind of involved in my life and uh, just did his best with sort of shepherding, I don't know, my, my mom sort of into the fold and like, you know, his, his mom came into town and like 
sent them off to PFLAG meetings and stuff together. And he was very, he, you know, he really uh, made just a huge impact on, on Oh, uh, yeah. and PFLAG is this parents and friends of lesbian? Mm, yes, yeah, of children, yeah, people children. Yes, parents of who've... It's yeah. an American thing though, right, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I don't even know it's if it's still, is it still, I'm sure it's still it operation, yeah. It's, it's like for people who have got gay kids or, less, you know, it's mm. sort of an organization for them to kind of come together and... It's great they sort of had like a, a go-to person that could help them understand yeah. it rather than have to come through you. Well, he was also, he also really scared my mom, you know, he was notorious. So like the fact that I was hanging out with this man, like really freaked my mom out at first. You so know what I mean? Like, she was just like, this is, this is crazy, you know, but, but really like I, it's, uh, it's just, I love thinking about this time in, in my life and thinking about sort of Dan's effect that he had on me because it, it really, you know, I couldn't have been luckier with like having an older person in like someone really smart and engaged mm -hmm. that that stepped in and it made me feel valued and 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 that could tell me about things and that we could have conversations about things that maybe weren't easy for me to talk about with other people mm -hmm. and you know, I just I, I was so lucky to have that. And I just think it's in. You know, you never know, uh, I just, I think with young people and, and I don't know, you never know what impact that you're gonna have on yeah. someone's life. Yeah. Whether it's small, whether it's a small gesture, whether it's a bigger thing. I think also like, I, cause I always felt very lucky that when I came out, um, my best friend also came out. Oh. So we went and did the gay thing together. Like I didn't, and so often I would see people younger than me coming out but they would just go off on their own. They'd have to go and discover gayness on their own, you know, and so you have to go to these clubs and you don't know anyone. And the currency can quite quickly become drugs that you'll take because you're like, well, that gets me in with this lot. You know what I mean? And, right. and you can suddenly change paths quite quickly. Whereas like what you were saying about Dan or like someone who just has a little bit of guidelines for like, yes. yeah. you know, you've got, this will be easy. Don't worry, do it like this or I had a friend who I could do it with, who I could turn to and be like, do we want to go back to these people's house? They seem quite old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're like, we'll like go, but we won't stay if it gets weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or whatever. Like, you don't, that doesn't always happen. I think. No. Yes, that seems to love Yeah. He's back in the closet now. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're back here in New York City. Are you? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, well, you I are, sort of here am. Right now, I'm here yeah. in New York. Uh, I sold my house in Los Angeles. Yes and put everything, all that stuff. I mean, I got rid of a ton. I got rid of like two thirds of like wardrobe, like all my clothes and just, I just got through, through every, a lot of stuff out um, and got, put everything in storage and I pared down to a suitcase. And so I'm living out of a suitcase now. Do you still have your place here? <clears throat> uh, I don't. Oh. So no, I've been couch surfing. So, uh, really? Yeah. And so what, and you, I mean, you're here. <laughs> I've been, you know, I've, 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 uh, started, um, yeah, seeing, seeing so someone, uh, <laughs> so you're here for love. I'm here for love. Nice. <laughs> I'm here for love. Uh, so Is this the same person that you used to go before and you're kind of, yes. And we've re we've yeah, rekindled. Yeah. And, uh, how's it going? It's been great. It's just been, it's been an amazing summer. It's been so sweet. I feel madly in love Yay. with this person. So mm. um, uh, I've been really happy. Where are you right now? Because you're, you had your al solo album, 
just out and you were touring. Yeah, yeah, and, I'm just finishing and up. Scissor so Sisters I, are no more. Scissor Sisters, I don't know. Uh, if if there was a if there was a, uh, I don't know if everybody was inspired. I mean, I'd be down for it. Uh, I don't know what Scissor Sisters would sound like uh, now. I'm just not. I have no idea. How so long is it? Since if I, the last album was 2012. It's been wow. a long time. And then did you tour after that? I mean, when's the last time you actually performed together? We, and it's so funny because I didn't realize, it, you know, the last time you played together, there was no final show or anything. We didn't realize that was it. Uh, we didn't realize, which is kind of like sad. So sort of a bit coitus interruptus. A little bit, a little bit. Um, so, you know, I would, I would, I would love to do Scissor Sisters again. Um, if there, you know, if there was a great, uh, concept for music basically like, it's been fascinating watching you like being like being like a big huge pop star right in the scissor sisters and then kind of then you were doing a show <laughs> on broadway you were in kinky boots and then yeah. you wrote your book and then you did your solo thing and it, it just seems like there's you're you're like a, a little boy in a candy shop there's so many things that you're potentially could Eat right now. And yeah, I, there's a lot of, and I'm working on two, I'm writing two musicals that are both well underway. I'm writing one with Elton John and I have written a score together. Is that the one about Tammy Faye Baker? Yes. That yes. sounds. Do you know mm, Tammy Faye Baker? No. Oh, she was that lady, her husband was a big religious person and big, they had a they show on TV. Televangelist. Televangelist. Yeah. And she had the one with the, the big kind of, you know, eyelashes. Yeah. And there's a really great documentary that um, the World of Wonder did called The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah, they, they, they built this, they, uh, Jim and Tammy Faye, they built this, uh, a massive uh, televangelism empire, and and then uh, he got done for they got they they, they yeah they they um was it, they, they, it was it was a huge rise and a huge fall they right. they really kind of had the rug pulled out from underneath them and they had a theme park um, didn't they they had a theme park called Heritage USA yeah I love writing musicals like it's and I'm you know I don't know if I'm like great at it yet but I love doing it so. Um, I had the idea for a musical about, uh, even more so than just Tammy Faye, but just about uh, Christian television. Oh, and fascinating. Uh, and that sort of evolved. I talked about it with Elton, uh, you know, we're just hanging out. We were, I don't know, we just came up in conversation one night. And then I remember on his birthday, uh, he pulled me aside and he said, I've, I've, I just got the, the life rights for Tammy Faye and, and do you, do you want to do this with me? Wow. wow. Which did, was really did, exciting. Boy inside you go, holy shit. I was super, super stoked. I mean, I, I never thought that, that it would happen because there was another, there was a, there was another crew and Christian Chenoweth was part of it and they, they'd been working. There was another Tammy Faye musical that had been being worked on for a while, but it just didn't, I don't, it's, I don't know if it's ever going to see the light of day and it doesn't seem like it was going anywhere. So, you know, uh, so we've, we've been making this and it's, 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 you know, it's, we've got most of the score written and I'm really, uh, excited about it. That's um, so, and you've written, how, didn't, uh, you've written lots of songs with Elton. Bunch of songs. Yeah. Them, yeah. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully some more. Great outfit that day, I thought. Do you remember? He always has lovely outfits, Jason. And I just love his eyes are like, he just looks like, I mean, literally his wide eyes and <laughs> yes. legless. He does, doesn't uh, he? Well, he's not legless, but 
uh, he's just so got such a sort of great attitude in, to the world, and I just I'm I'm so fond of him, and I wish him well, and he's always trying new things and you know and pushing himself. I think he's great. Trying new things, pushing himself, yeah, and he's a lot more playful and silly than I thought he would be because I don't know him. Oh really? Oh, I'm... he's he's very playful. Isn't oh, he's he? f- funny, dope. Yeah, yeah, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's always such fun. Every time I see him, I say, "Oh, hurry. Yeah, it's going to be a fun night. Well, um. You know, we could talk about Jake all day, but I'm kind of missing the topic when we could be talking about T-shirts and Homo sapiens oh podcast. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com where you could write in to us and tell us yourselves what you think of that interview. Exactly. Who needs to hear what we think? Well, um, yes. Homo, hello. <laughs> homo. <laughs> hello, Homo. Hello, Homos. Hello. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com is where you can write to us. You can also subscribe um, mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that you get every episode of this podcast um, waiting for you in your podcast uh, app. I realised that I was shaking my head, but I was meant, meaning to be nodding. Uh-huh. Um, correct. And, and uh, if you'd like a... <laughs> open your legs like that. <laughs> I just spread my legs at Alan. <laughs> it's been a long day. I, am, I know that. I know animal psychology. Um, <laughs> Anyway, if you want to buy a T-shirt, which uh, Christopher would like to cover his uh, genitals with, uh, you can get them from my website, alancumber.com forward slash shop. There's a picture of me wearing them, and I think it's much easier. Or you could go do this crazy long thing. Or you could go to, actually technically less letters in this address, everpress.com forward slash homo sapiens. But it's easier for people to remember, just like my name, I'm one of the hosts of this thing, slash shop. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was a lovely, lovely interview, and uh, we love you all. And we'll see you next time for another great LGBTQ icon. I'm Alan Cumming. I'm Christopher Sweeney. And Good you're, night. And you're you. Keep being you. Buenas noches. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Powered by Spirit Studios.